When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Orange and Brown Talk post-game show. The Browns winners over the Houston Texans today in Houston, 27-14. to uh, Deshaun Watson's first game back as a member of the Cleveland Browns, and of course, uh, his first game back in Houston since he was traded to the Browns. So a lot to get to. Mary Kay Cabot joins us first. Uh, Ashley Bastock and Irie Harris will join us in the second part of the pod to get into all things uh, about this football game. Mary Kay, I, we're going to get into Deshaun, but I just want to know, is there anything that you took away from this game about the, did we learn anything about the Browns today or did they just kind of get a win over a bad football team? And that's about it. Well, I mean, I, as far as my biggest takeaway is that Deshaun is so much rustier than I think anybody could have possibly imagined. And I don't know if it can be traced directly to the fact that he was here in Houston with so much emotion and so much going on, so much on his plate. He was being pulled in so many different directions. And I was told by his quarterbacks coach, Quincy Avery, uh, you know, in the week leading up to this game that he's amazing at, shutting out the noise and going out and playing football. But when you couple that with being out of football for 700 days, I mean, it was too much to ask, too much to bear. And my reigning thought leaving this game is, wow. I mean, could it be a mistake to try to turn this thing over to Deshaun Watson when right now he's not ready He doesn't have the timing down with his receivers, and they are certainly going to be playing teams much, much better than the Houston Texans going forward. How is this going to work? Yeah, he looked very much like a player who hadn't played for 700 days. He looked like a guy that just wasn't ready for the speed of the NFL game. And I mean, like you said, this was the Texans. I mean, they are in every way imaginable. The worst team in football, they were down uh, they were down cornerbacks. They were playing their, their I guess, yeah, their second string quarterback. Um, you know, they, they are, they're an absolute mess. I mean, I, I was thinking of the one in 31 Browns and I think the Texans are worse than anything we ever saw from them. Yes. So the Browns were lucky to play the Texans today for, for one thing. Oh my God. I mean, Deshaun Watson needed a tune-up. He needed a preseason game. Uh, and, and I really thought that uh, he would be able to knock off the rust pretty easily. Like he had talked about, it's like, you know, I just want to get on that bike again and put my feet on those pedals and go ride. Well, it wasn't like that. I mean, it wasn't like that at all. The speed of the game is so different, even though it was against the Texans. I mean, the speed of the game, getting hit is different. Of course, getting booed every time you <laughs> take the field is different. And, uh, 
And, you know, hopefully for him and for the Browns, they can chalk this dog of a game by him because it was a dog of a game by him. Uh, chalk it up to everything that he had to deal with is in this game. And now there were a couple other things to consider here. Their field position was horrible. They started two drives at the one in the first half. Two drives at the one. I haven't looked up average field position, but it had to have been horrible, at least in the first half. Um, so, you know, that, that did not help matters at all. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, look. Cleveland 17? I mean, is that true? Anyways, it was bad. Their average field position was horrible. So he was digging himself out of a hole. Yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, in the second quarter, they, so they started to drive in the first quarter at their own 16. They had two straight drives then in the second quarter at their own one, mm-hmm. a third drive at their own nine, and then another one at their own 20. Um, yeah. And then even in the third quarter, uh, yeah. they started at their own 13. Yeah, I mean, that that's not going to help matters when your quarterback is trying to dig himself out of other holes as well. So poor field position was a huge factor. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, Nick Chubb gets tackled in the end zone on one of those starting at the ones for, for a safety. And it, it was just, it was bad. I mean, it was bad football against, you know, a bad team. Now, they are lucky that they were able to get those defensive takeaways. But, you know, in some ways, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a little bit sad that you have to get those defensive takeaways against the worst team in football, that you had to wait for that, you know, to play uh, the, you know, a one ten and one team to be able to get, uh, you know, a fumble recovery and a, and a pick six and a punt return for a touchdown. Um, you know, the defense and the special teams have been bad all season. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, a huge concern in my mind that they were this bad against the Houston Texans. It just, it was a concern. So, that begs the question then, how much can change between this Sunday and next Sunday? Because they're going to play the Bengals next Sunday. And, uh, you know, well, obviously we know the matchup, right? This is a matchup that has favored the Browns significantly um, in the Kevin Stefanski era. But still, this is a Bengals team that just beat the Chiefs today. Um, the Browns weren't facing Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard today on the edge. Uh, we know the Bengals secondary, of course, is beat up. They lost their best corner the last time they played the Browns. So, um, and, and the Browns have no wiggle room at, at this point if they want to get back into the, the division race and the wild card race. So I guess other than just the fact that, like, well, this team has matched up well with the Bengals in the past, what, how much can change for Deshaun Watson between today and next Sunday when they have to go to Cincinnati? And by the way, he might hear louder boos there, depending on what the split is between Bengals and Browns fans. Yeah, he might hear louder boos there. You're right about that. And, you know, I think they do have to go back to the drawing board and realize that they that they do have a rusty quarterback who doesn't have a whole lot of timing with his receivers and he doesn't have his mojo down in this offense yet. And that they, you know, I, I actually, I asked Kevin Stefanski afterwards in the press conference, are you still committed to Deshaun Watson after seeing what he was capable of out there? And he was like, yes, absolutely. But maybe you platoon them or something. People hate thinking about that. People hate doing that. But in the event 
that you need to do that. You have a quarterback who is in complete sync with your whole entire offense right now in Jacoby Brissett. If you have to use him, use him. If you have to give him a package of plays, give him a package of plays because time's a wasting. They don't have time. I mean, I think they can try to come up with a game plan that might work, but now we don't know how long, long they're going to be without David Bell. We don't know how long they're going to be without Anthony Schwartz, who could be in the concussion protocol. I've said for a long, long time that I felt they had left themselves a receiver or two short. And I think that's evident right now in this moment. Um, I mean, David Njoku is expected back next week. So I think that will help a lot. But when you have a quarterback that just doesn't really have it down with any of these people, uh, you know, I think you're going to have to really rely on the running game. And I also think that the Bengals are not just going to sit back and say, oh, well, we just don't match up very well against those Cleveland Browns, you know? And Joe, you know, Joe just doesn't play well against the Browns. He's 0-4 against the Browns. And, you know, we're just going to do everything we've done before and hope it works this time. No, that's not what's happening. They're going to look at exactly what teams have been doing to the doing to the Cleveland Browns, and they're going to try to do some of that stuff. Now, they can't change up their whole entire offense, but they just beat the Chiefs for Pete's sake, right? If they can beat the Chiefs, you would think there would be some way at home in December when you're supposed to be playing your best football that you could beat the Cleveland Browns, who are 5-7 and seven right now. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, we'll – talk a lot more Deshaun Watson on the Hey MK podcast, I'm sure too, but I did want to ask you before I let you go about the defense. Um, this is two good performances by the defense in a row, but I'm, I'm curious, I, I guess how big of a butt does that come with? Like, do we look at this performance and say, all right, the defense is back. Or do we look at it and say, eh, Kyle Allen fumbled on a quarterback sneak and, you know, it was like this weird Chase Winovich, Tony Fields play for the other takeaway. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to feel about this defensive performance today. No sacks, um, for, you know, from Miles and Jadavion. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it let's just see what happens next week? What, what is it? Take it with a grain of salt. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. It's It, it would be like a team back in those one in 31 days uh, you know, touting themselves and patting themselves on the back in an absolutely huge way for beating a completely discombobulated Cleveland Browns team. You have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, they did what they needed to do. They came up with the takeaways to bail out a really struggling, rusty quarterback. But it was against the worst team in football, and I don't think you can put too, too much stock into it. Okay, anything else here before I let you go? You know, no, I don't think so. I think, once again, the takeaway here has to be, you know, what can you do next week uh, to, to patch up Deshaun Watson and get him rolling in the right direction and, and ready to play football after now everybody knows uh, the answer to the question, will he be rusty? Everybody knows the answer. The answer is a resounding yes, and they have to get something figured out very, very quickly. Okay, that's Mary Kay Cabot, and uh, we will continue our post-game show. We're going to take a break. Uh, Ashley Bastock and Ivory Harris will join on the other side. If you want to hear more from Mary Kay on this podcast, of course, we do a whole 
Hey MK podcast. Uh, it posts every Tuesday morning. We take questions from our football insider subscribers via text. So if you want to get in on that, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get signed up uh, for all the stuff that comes with being a football insider, including texting. So uh, we'll obviously talk more to Sean Watson, more about this game and start to look ahead to the Bengals. But Mary Kay, I will let you go for now. Sounds great. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast postgame show. The Browns 27 to 14 winners over the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium in Houston. And Deshaun Watson's return to Houston. Uh, I started Mary Kay off with this question. So Ashley and I, I'm going to ask each of you this question. Did we learn anything about the Cleveland Browns today? Ashley, any, did you learn anything about the Browns from this game? I mean, well, I do know what Mary Kay said, so I feel like my mind is being influenced by that. But, like, I think it's just the obvious thing, right? That this is not going to be a seamless transition to Deshaun Watson. Uh, And I feel like it's going to take a lot more time than everybody thought. And, you know, I think I'm guilty of this. I thought coming into this that it was going to be a little bit more seamless than what we thought. I, I think from watching him in practice, which is obviously very different than a game, like, I like the zip he had on the ball. You kind of, you, you saw that athleticism, but it's just clear some of these throws he was making were just so off. A lot of low throws early, the interception, um, which like to be fair, Amari Cooper was like, I didn't even see the safety. I thought I was just going to score. Um, and that obviously didn't happen. But I do think that's just like my biggest takeaway that, hey, like maybe this team is starting to play some complimentary football, and that's great considering all the touchdowns came from the defense and special teams. But Deshaun Watson looks like he hasn't played an NFL game in 700 days. I think that's the lead of one of my stories that I wrote. Irie, did you learn any? First of all, Irie, did you get a haircut? Secondly, did you learn anything about the Cleveland Browns today? To answer the first question, yes, I did get a haircut. That I, I, I'm very guilty of making it very <laughs> obvious. So when I do get a cut, I got to do better with that. Uh, and second, regarding anything I've learned about the, uh, this team today, yes, we saw what the obvious was regarding 700 days since Deshaun Watson played a regular season of a football game. I think for anything in life, when you haven't done it in 700 days, I mean, even two weeks at that, because it says that they say it takes 15 days for you to create a new habit. Anytime you're not doing something, anything after that is usually going to take a minute. It's one thing with muscle memory. It's another thing with being in training camp and getting used to your teammates a bit. It's another thing with getting used to your teammates and their hot spots and cold spots in actual NFL game action, whether it's against the Buffalo Bills or a a one-win team, a Houston Texan squad. It's going to take quite a bit. I would be surprised if he was better, uh, if he was even a more tad bit better by the time they get to Baltimore. But that'll be for another sense. Also learn from the defensive and special teams unit, <clears throat> something that had been said quite a bit by Ashley and others, that this team, the way that they're applying is pretty much saying we're waiting for our actual QB1 to come back so that we can actually, you know, show that we can play. And that even if that was against a, a one nine and one squad with the Houston Texans, they still showed that because the special teams and defensive units combined for twenty one of the Browns twenty seven points. The play calling is one thing, but the fact that other units can come through and can account for the points, you're just thinking, where the H E L L was this the entire season? That's what I learned about this team. 
So I, I do want to talk about the defense um, and, and kind of what we saw today, where that's been and, and what's real. But I, let's let's stay on Deshaun, I, I guess, to, to kind of keep going down this thread. Ashley, no, nobody's panicking about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, I mean, this is one game. This guy's going to be your quarterback for at least four more years after this, maybe nine, ten. Who knows how many more years he's going to be your quarterback. But I, I think the question the Browns have to ask now, because there are still expectations for this team, even though they, they kind of keep slipping away every time Baltimore and Cincinnati win. How quickly can this guy start to look like Deshaun Watson? Um, because... I know this team has matched up really well with Cincinnati. We're going to spend all week talking about how well Kevin Stefanski has done against the Bengals, and rightfully so. But it would—I'd feel a whole lot better about it if I really felt like Deshaun Watson was going to look something like Deshaun Watson by next Sunday. Yeah, like I don't—I don't know because I think the problem right now, like, is the fact that he doesn't have these game reps and. The only way out is through, I guess, like like in this scenario, right? Because he's gotten practice time with them. It's not like he walked into Berea, into Cross Country Mortgage Campus on Monday and was like, hey, guys, well, I'm back. I'm ready to suit up. He had been there since, like, October, right? And he wasn't allowed to practice until November 16th. Like, that week of November 14th, he was allowed back to actually practice with them. But I, I think he needs game reps, so it's really hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, I think he's going to look a lot better. Like, I think we might see incremental improvements, but this is a long time for anyone to have been out. And like you said, Dan, it's like none of the players were really panicking. Like, every player I talked to in that locker room, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jadavian Clowney, who, of course, played with Deshaun Watson in Houston for two years when they were both here, um, everyone is kind of like, well, yeah, it's been 700 days since he played. Of course he looked kind of rusty. Um, so it, it was interesting, too, to, you know, kind of get the perspective of Amari Cooper, especially, who's this very thoughtful, like, mercurial guy. Um, but I do think, like, there is a sense of urgency here, like you said, in the sense that their playoff folks keep getting less and less by the week at this point because things just aren't falling their way across the AFC. So I don't I don't know, you know, when he's going to be able to turn it around, but I think it's going to be too late for them to make a meaningful playoff push, honestly. Yeah, I guess I relay. It's sort of like, how should we be talking about this? Is is the rest of this season just about getting Deshaun Watson to look more like Deshaun Watson so you go into next year feeling good? Or is it like, no, we got to win as many games as possible because we want to make the playoffs? It's as much of a long shot as it feels right now. And as as well as Cincinnati's playing, we have no idea what's going on with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson at the moment, if he'll be ready two weeks from now or not. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. It, do you think we'll see that Deshaun that will be good enough to maybe help get this team to the playoffs before the end of the season? I guess is my long way of, of asking that question. I believe that we will. Uh, when he, when Regarding your question of if is a sense of, you know, they, we have to win so that we can make the playoffs or just focusing on the progression of Watson, who hasn't played a full season and a half. Nobody expects somebody who hasn't played a full season and a half to just come out bonkers. That's for one. For two, regarding winning games, that should that should be the mindset 
going into the season. Even for teams that are not that good, players are still going in with the mindset of wanting to win. So that we that shouldn't even be the scenario nor the situation right now. They should they should have not been four and seven coming in as we know. They they there's multiple games that they blew or that they underperformed, underachieved in. So they should not even be in a situation that we have to win now so we can try to make the playoffs. They should already be in a good spot to where even if they don't win the division, they can get a wild card. But it's a mixture of wanting to win games but also see the progression of Watson. And I believe that by the time that Baltimore, maybe even New Orleans, we'll see Deshaun get more comfortable in the in the, in the scheme set by uh, Kevin Stefanski because that's the one thing that really came to mind today. Where, and that's why I say nobody expects a quarterback who has who's missed a full season and a half to just come out flaring out the gates, even against pro- arguably the worst team in the league. Number one, that shows you the amount of talent in the league, and number two, that shows you that he should have been. It, the, the offense, he should have been set up better for success by Kevin Stefanski. I know we'll get to this morning, but I'm just kind of laying the foundation now as to why they were passing a bit more in certain situations than expected. Why are you passing in the red zone when you have the best running back in the league? You're just going to force this and force Watson to be to force a pass for no reason when he's already dealt with more than enough. I mean, this was a game where he's coming back to his former team in the city where everything happened at. He's had, he's got family members there. It's reported that women involved in the, in the uh, civil lawsuits would be there. The media, as we know, being a part of the media has already been on him 24 seven. So there are so many factors that went into his performance into this game that I'm not even mad at the fact that he was 12 for 22 and threw a one, you know, for 131 in a pick that picture never happen if she he was was set up better for success by the play calling but i digress but he'll be fine he's going to progress eventually and this team if you want to win out show it i mean it it is you know walk the walk talk the talk action speaks louder than words and the action has not been that loud this season so if they want to show the rest of the season i'll take that well you know i I think you bring up a good point i think you bring up somebody that we do need to talk about and Doug is not here to, to talk about him, so we don't want to forget. Uh, Ashley, what did you think of, of Kevin Stefanski's approach today? Um, I, I I think they maybe could have leaned on the run game a little more. It did feel like Houston was, was kind of selling out to take that away, but still, you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. At the same time, I think it was... I just think this... My problem with this whole game is... I can't figure out what to make of anything yeah, because Houston true. is so bad. And They're Deshaun so bad. And Deshaun was so bad. Like, yes. so is Kevin Stefanski calling bad plays or like, does Deshaun just need to not throw the ball at Amari Cooper's feet? I think it's probably a mix of the two. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. though. So many of those throws were just like low, bad throws like it's like what have you ever thrown to Amari Cooper was like kind of like what I what I was thinking as I was watching some of those throws that are going at guys feet but you know I I wrote this right after the game like I did feel like Kevin Stefanski was he didn't have that mindset like you were worried about a little bit Dan where like oh I have this shiny new toy I got for Christmas I'm gonna take it out of the box and play with it all day long. Like it didn't feel like that. It felt like he was kind of calling a more conservative game to let Deshaun Watson get into things a little bit. Um, But I just think you saw how rusty Deshaun Watson is. I mean, it just comes back to the fact he hasn't played in a real game in so long. And I know like everyone said, okay, we're not putting much stock into that Jacksonville game and like gave all these reasons for it. 
Uh, but I think like today kind of confirmed like, no, what we saw in that Jacksonville game was pretty real, right? Like, yeah, it was only three series, but like he has not played football in two years. So it's, it's kind of hard to replicate that no matter how much you work out, no matter how much you practice, no matter if you're at OTAs with your new team um, and all these guys too. I mean, I think like it does take time for the pass catchers in this offense to go from playing with Jacoby Brissett to now going to play with Deshaun Watson. It's just different. It's a different, it would be different no matter who those two guys were. This is a tough transition, I think, to have to make 11 games into a season. Okay, so I guess this week where you're going to be Kevin Stefanski. Um, Irie, what, what are you saying to Deshaun Watson this week to get him to kind of change the mindset a little bit and, and kind of set him up to be successful against the Bengals. What, what are you trying to do? Do you want me to give you one of his more PR answers that, that he gives us every day in the pressers? <laughs> yes. Take, take a game by game set up for success. Uh, go back to the film and watch it. Got to improve and get better. That's what you want down. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, that that legit sounds to us from what from what we've heard from uh, Stefanski whenever he speaks to us and uh, the rest of the media. That sounds like something that he would tell Watson. Now we don't know because we're not there behind closed doors or are on the practice field with them when they're going over plays and schemes. But yeah, it, I would assume Stefanski is telling Watson first game Jitters national te- you know pr- prime time television former team that literally watch you grow up in your NFL career, knows all your intangibles and moves and attitude and what, and certain things. It's all right. Let's go back to the playing board. Let's go back to the drawing board. We're going to do better. We're going to go from there. But it's still the fact that with this pressure on Watson, don't you want to take that off of him? I mean, if there was a game to, for, for his team, something to see the makeup for the lack of carries that he allowed Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to receive, it would have been this game. To where Houston, as bad as we've talked about the Browns' rush defense, as you said, the Texans' run defense was not any better. I mean, they came in with getting up the most rushing yards per game. I, I believe at a, at least 168 per game, they gave up the most rushing yards coming into the game per game in the entire league. If there was any game to allow the the ground game to carry the offense, it was this game. So the fact that he still put that amount of pressure enough on Watson, for anybody saying that Watson has a great game, they were not saying this. Watson was not going to go out there and go bonkers. That was not going to happen. We knew that this was the one game where he would get his feet wet, get back into that action and set in mindset, get those 700 days out the way in one game and then go back to the drawing board. So Stefanski and Watson will be fine. I'm sure he's just going to be telling them, Hey, we're going to be all right. Let's just go game by game with it because that's usually what he tells us, right? <laughs> Ashley, what what are you saying if you're Kevin Stefanski this week to your quarterback and, and as you kind of plan out this offense? So I think from what I've gotten to learn from Kevin Stefanski, like besides everything, I remade great points. Like, But I do think he – He's a very analytical coach, but I think he's also like a player-friendly coach. Like he's not some some guy who's just going to come out there and scream and yell, obviously. Um, very even-keeled. And I think that's kind of what he's saying to Deshaun Watson. Like I think they're, they're all going to try to go from this and problem-solve, which they need to do. Um, and I think they all obviously still very much believe in him. He's their quarterback of the future, their franchise quarterback, Um, So I think it's all about, like, how can we correct these small mistakes? 
these underthrows especially. What do we need to get these guys on the same page faster? And I think he's just going to stress, like, kind of what guys were, were saying in the locker room to me, which is that, like, nobody's panicking. We all kind of expected there to be some rust. So I think he's going to be encouraging Deshaun Watson that, hey, like, this is fine. Like, we probably knew some version of this was going to happen. You hadn't played in two years. Like, we got the win. And how can we get ready for the Bengals, a team that we've historically matched up really well with? And I think that's kind of where you go from here. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Irie. Well, no, yeah, I, I was just going to say real quick, and you're probably going to answer it too anyway, but just, I also, I want to set it real quick, me and Ashley set it real quick for you, Dan. If you were Kevin Stefanski, after the first game, your quarterback, the future future the franchise, the face of the franchise, whether you want it or not, the most guaranteed money in NFL history by the contract, what are you saying to Deshaun after this game throughout this week? I, I'm saying Deshaun, we, we escaped. You got away with your worst game as a pro, probably. Um, at least by rating, it was your worst game as a pro. We got to play the Texans. It's over. That's behind you. We escaped with a win that when we played like terrible football, and then I'm spending the week putting on tape of the Bengals beating the Chiefs so that my team doesn't start to get cocky and think, ah, we always beat the Bengals. This one's going to be easy. Because things are bad when this team gets cocky. Things are very bad when the, when the Cleveland Browns get a little bit cocky. That's when they show up and, and lay an egg uh, when, when you don't expect them to do it. So that's my message. It's like you went to Houston. You didn't play well. We still won because it's the stinking Texans and they're terrible. This is the game that matters. And, and this is the one that if we go and win this game and if you play half of what you can be, when, when you're at your best, when all that rust is knocked off. I, I feel pretty good about, about where things are going after that. Beautiful. Right. That was beautiful, man. Because <laughs> because as as they not even Stefanski, but as a coach, what more can you really say when going a quarterback that is making more than you? Honestly. That's true. Kevin does not have the, the power in, in that relationship. That's he does sure. have the analytical power, and he always tells us. <laughs> Let's take one more break, and then I want to talk to you guys real quickly about the defense. And we are back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Ashley, is the defense good? I don't know. Again, Maybe Tony I... Fields <laughs> might be a find, for all we know. Maybe Tony Fields was the difference. Um... You know, I I don't know. The Texans are just so bad. Like you said, Dan, it's like, can we really measure anything about this? Like, Kyle Allen? Like, I don't know. I mean, Damian Pierce is like an okay player, right? But it's just hard to guess. I think it's promising again. Like, we've seen good things from them for a couple weeks in a row now. So, like, that's that's good, I guess. I don't know. I'm still like, show it to me consistently and then I'll figure out if they're actually good. But I think it's promising. Like they got some of these takeaways, like they, and they didn't like necessarily do it like on the back of Miles Garrett, which like we saw last week. So it wasn't like the, a good performance in the same kind of way. Like you got something a little different. They did play some complimentary football. So I do think like maybe it was just similar issues to last year and that these guys didn't really play together a ton early in the season and preseason guys were in and out 
with injuries throughout training camp in the early part of the season. So I dare I say, I think they might be putting something together and it's promising, especially given the injuries they've had at linebacker, which Sione Takitaki could be a huge loss, I think, for this team with how good of a year he's been having. He got helped off the field. He was carted off. He's getting an MRI tomorrow. Kevin Stefanski said it is a knee injury. Um, but that linebacker room has just been decimated by injuries this year. So that does kind of worry me, given the run defense struggles and and what we've seen from them already. So that's a long way to say, I don't know, maybe. Tony Fields was a good. He had a career game today. That's what I know. <laughs> I, I feel like that's this whole game. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean – First of all, the Taki Taki injury, like you said, is huge. I mean, you you can only sustain so many injuries to one position, it, just like at center, right? Like you can only lose I mean, so many centers. Yeah, this is—he's their third Mike linebacker lose, yeah. who didn't play Mike before like two weeks ago. <laughs> he was like a strictly SAM linebacker, and he hadn't played Mike since like high school, I don't think. Yeah, so that's a concern. That's something to to certainly put a pin in. I, I re—I mean, look that. The Texans are awful. Okay, I don't know how many times I can say that on this podcast. The, the Texans are awful. And I don't know how much credit you give the Browns for, like, uh, the Kyle Allen fumble at the goal line or the weird Chase Winovich, like, ball popped in the air or the tight end that somehow falls down and throws the ball up in the air for John Johnson to catch. But at the same time, if you're a good defense, you make the Texans look like a terrible football team or more terrible than they even are. And... Last year, when this defense turned it around, it actually started against a Lions offense that was playing some quarterback none of us had never heard of. And we all just sort of wrote that performance off. And then they were a top five defense the rest of the way. So that's why I'm a little torn on this. Like, maybe these last two performances are real. And they're going to carry this momentum to Cincinnati, who they've typically dominated defensively anyway. Uh, What do you think? Is the defense good now? You know what, Dan? I give the defense credit for making the game entertaining because before they did that, before they started making plays and helping account for 21 of the Browns' 27 total points in the game, this was amongst the worst games I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, there were NFL ties that that I had watched live when younger that were more entertaining than this game was at first. And for y'all that were there and the box and in the press box, I can only imagine how sleepy you guys got, especially throughout that first half, respectfully. But regarding this defense being good, I'm not sold if this defense is good. This defense has always had the potential to be good. That was the whole entire expectation going into the season. I mean, I, I don't want for us to forget how, how Jacoby Brissett was said to be uh, limited with the end help and be limited within this offense and it will be the defense carrying this team throughout the first 11 games and the tables eventually turn Browns are top 10 in points. The defense are the one defense is the one losing games. So honestly, I give him credit for showing him showing out today. And because it's a one, win you Houston Texas team, of course they're supposed to do that, but I'm not sold if they are a, a good defense or not, even though it was the Bengals. And as we say, they usually win. I want to see them hold the Cincinnati scoreless through the first three quarters, just like they did Halloween night. I want to see them be able to limit Lamar Jackson. I actually want to see them go out there and show how real their defense is. Not, not because Deshaun Watson is back, but because you know, you have the potential to be a top defense and you were playing like complete, 
otherwise in the first 11 games. Yeah, I mean, look, I there is we might be sitting here in January saying, man, this defense for the second year in a row started slow and it was just too late by the time they figured it out or by the time the Browns figured it out. And not just that, but just real quickly, they have to be good for Joe Woods because if they play anywhere less, especially the last couple of games, anywhere below the expectation and the performance that they provided us the last couple of games versus Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady and versus Houston and Kyle Allen, the likelihood of Joe Woods coming back is going to be slimmer because then they're going to look back saying, oh, well, you did it against a Tampa Bay team that was not in Super Bowl form. You did it against the Texans that had one win. They had one win. You're supposed to do that, but you can't do it against the other, you know, former teams. Especially if they if they play even even worse versus Washington than they do today, he's out the door. So they need to do this for not saying they have to do this, but Joe Woods better pray that they play well because then that makes him look good. Because otherwise, he's not coming back next season. Okay, last question: Are the special teams fixed? I'm just kidding. We're not good. Listen, Please, I'm, I'm... No. what a great. Can I say, Don Peoples Jones, like the funniest yes. thing about that punt return and him and Amari Cooper broke both brought this up. Their lockers were like next to each other today. So Amari was laughing about how Donovan, you, if you rewatch it and I had to rewatch it to catch it, Donovan almost tripped at the Cleveland 40. <laughs> he almost face planted over nothing. And then he somehow miraculously regained his balance. And Amari said, once he regained his balance, I put my hands up because I knew he was going to be gone. Like <laughs> it, it just was so funny to rewatch. So if you get a chance, go find the clip on Twitter or like if you're rewatch, can rewatch a game on NFL Plus, go and watch it um, because it's worth it. Yeah, it was, uh, listen, good for DPJ. He almost broke a couple against Tampa, I thought. Um, I asked him about it on Monday. He seemed to agree with that assessment, and uh, he, he broke one today. So good for him. Uh, but, no, we're not going to talk about special teams. I think we all know where everyone stands on Mike Prefer here. Um, but I will ask this before we go. Browns play the Bengals. They play the Ravens. Um, in these next two games. The situation is pretty straightforward in the AFC North. If either of those teams goes 3-2 and two over the last five games, the Browns are not going to win the North, um, regardless of what they do. That would give them 11 wins. They both won today. The wild card we're not even going to wade into. It's crazy. It, there's a bunch of problematic tiebreakers there. There's certainly a, a path, but it's a lot, a lot murkier. Um, the AFC North is still what we want to keep an eye on. Um, I guess after today, Ashley, is your com- what's your confidence level? Is it higher than before this game? Lower? About the same? Are you talking about confidence as level far in terms as, of like as far as if this around? team? Yeah, as far as if this team can make a real run. Oh, it's to lower. try and get into the playoffs. It's, it's a lower, lower after today. It's, okay. it's a lot lower because he's a lot rustier than I thought he was going to be. And I don't know, maybe I'll change my mind a week from now. Like if he just looks amazing against the Bengals, but I don't think that's going to happen. And like, I don't think it means anything long-term, but I think this stretch of games is going to be what I thought a couple weeks ago. And I think it's just going to be like an extended preseason for 2023, which you hate to say, and you hate to talk about them wasting a season, but Hey, it's essentially what happened because of issues that didn't necessarily have to do with the offense. So I have, I have less hope for them making a meaningful playoff run than I did at like 11 AM central time today. Irie is, is your confidence level higher or lower the same 
as it was as far as the Browns making like a legitimate, not just a mathematical, hey, they're still in it somehow if 1,500 things happen in week 17 or 18. Like a real push. What's your confidence level at? I don't even know if I have a confidence level anymore with this team. I just kind of <laughs> just say, I, I think it, it's really at that point where we're just seeing how they come out and perform this game after all they tell us they want to do and are going to do throughout the week. And when that Sunday comes and how they perform is kind of how what sets the mood for the next week going forward. But I mean, it's wherever it's at, it stayed the same. Honestly, it's really a game by game basis. We see Watson's rusty. We're going to see if, he can work some more of that rust off when they play divisional rivals. And really, not even so much Watson, but we'll see if there's something called consistency with this defense that for the first time this season was put on display with the defense showing up big in, in two back-to-back games. So that's really, I think, the big thing I'm watching out for, not even just Watson, but just consistency from everybody putting aside the quarterback that is expected to work rust off uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, that's very telling. The Browns won today 27-14, to 14, scored two defensive touchdowns, and we're spending our time on this postgame pod like, eh, I don't think this team is going to make a run. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I did say before the game the Browns could have started Kellen Mond in this game and won. I mean, you're not wrong. You're <laughs> not kinda, wrong. It was bad. They, the Browns they kind of did. <laughs> the Browns could have started. We, they could have cloned Kyle Allen before <laughs> the game, and they could have both started Kyle Allen, and the Browns still would have won. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, now, now wait a minute. Now, here's the quick question, though. What recent quarterbacks that Browns fans like to forget about could they have played and they still could have won? Mm. Any of them. They could have started Johnny Football, and they, and they still would have won. Uh, Johnny Football might have been out partying all night last night, so maybe maybe he's the one. By the way, Johnny Football reference, Ashley, I think Johnny you tweeted Football this out. Johnny Football reference, and it's in, my, it's in my story last time. Actually, I don't know if I put it in my story. The last time the Browns returned a punt for a touchdown, which I believe was any kind of return touchdown they had, Dan, September 20th, 2015, against the Titans. Travis Benjamin, Johnny Manziel was your quarterback. I believe that was a 28-14 to 14 win. This one was 27-13. to 13. Oh, you know what? I still have Johnny Football's pro football reference page pulled up. So let me see if I can I tell re- you real I, quick. Cleveland, Tennessee, oh a 28-14 to 14 win. Dan, your memory yeah, is impressive. I don't know. These are the things I remember, which is really in your brain. really dark. Oh <laughs> it's like, really it's dark. funny that like, you know how they talk about like humans only use like, I don't know, like a weird percentage of a brain, like 20% <laughs> of our brain. Like Dan somehow unlocks a way to use like 80% of his, but that extra 60% is just meaningless Brown scores. I, waste, I waste it on Brown's games from 2015 yeah. to yeah. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. This is encyclopedic knowledge of them. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> now you're probably right. They probably would have been partying the night before the game. Probably would have been out with Jay Prince and then the whole night and then showed up 10 minutes before game time suited up all right (laughs) well there we go (laughs) yes it has oh ashley real quick i I do want to ask you because obviously you were there just what was what was it like in houston i didn't get a chance to ask mary Kay this what was it like there i will say like i did not think there was as strong and mary Kay agrees with me and we had talked about this because like in deshaun's press conference like a lot of the questions were about booing and like there was booing 
but like it wasn't nearly as bad as what we thought. Like, first of all, there was like nobody here. I tweeted pictures and video of like the game right before kickoff of the parking lots, of the fact that there was like no traffic to get here. And like every, like the last couple of days when I've been here, like Uber drivers, waiters, like it just seems like everyone is just so fatigued by the whole Deshaun Watson thing. They're just glad he's not here anymore. But like, there's also this segment of people who's like, I don't really hate Deshaun because like, whatever, like he's gone now, but like he did a lot of charitable stuff here. So I thought that perspective I was kind of surprised by. Um, and there was booing, but like Mary Kay got some great video of him down in the pregame warmup, signing autographs, like. Browns fans cheering for him. There was still a lot of, like, positive things. And, yes, like, the booing happened, but the booing had essentially, like, died down, I felt like, by the second half. And I never got confirmation on this. I didn't ask anybody. I didn't even know who I would ask. But from where we were sitting and, like, the speakers in this stadium are directly in front of the press box, especially early, I wondered if they were actually, like, pumping crowd noise in. Just because of how it sounded. And, Dan, like, you you hear crowd noise. I read you've gotten to hear some crowd noise when the Browns pump it out at practice. Like, it has a very distinct sound. And I felt like I was hearing that. But, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know that for sure. It's just what it felt like given the number of people here. And there was definitely genuine booing. You know, we did see some signs. Like, some fans had T-shirts that said, had his picture on it that said Predator. We could make out a sign that said no means no that somebody was holding up for the whole game. We could make out a sign that said shame on number four. But, like, there were a lot of people here in Deshaun Watson Browns jerseys. There were a lot of people here in Deshaun Watson Texans jerseys. I think mainly the takeaway from this was Texans fans are ready to move on, but the problem is they have a really bad football team right now. So there's just, like, no interest. I mean, they won eight games over the last two years, his last year here, and then, you know, when the last year he actually played here, which was the 2020 season, that was a four-win season, too. Now they have one win, nine, ten losses, one tie. Like, it's been a rough few years for Texans fans, but I think, like, you'll hear about the booing, but it wasn't as bad as we thought, and I think it's going to be so much worse next week when they have to go down to Cincinnati, quite honestly. I Yeah, I agree with that. I read one more thing. No, I was just going to ask, what about when he, when he have, starts his first game at first energy, uh, if there will be any boos or as many boos? Maybe I don't, other teams are as I don't, we expect. I don't think I don't there think might so. be any. I don't think there would be any because I think the fans who are mad about this trade or out on Deshaun Watson, they're just not going to be there. They're not going to pay the money to be there is kind of my thought. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna, actually going to be a pretty – if they beat Cincinnati next week, it's going to be a pretty electric atmosphere of first energy, yeah. um, honestly, yeah. in a positive way. Um, but next week, I agree with you, Ash. I think he's going to get more boos next week. I think that might be, like, I mean, there, and I, I guess when they have to go to Pittsburgh the last game of the season, those are probably going to be the the worst well, environments he has to play in, maybe. But well, I don't know. The Steelers that are... That would be ironic. Yeah. 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 That's true, too. That's true, too. I don't know. We'll see. We, I guess we'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the post-game edition. Um, Ashley wrote about the atmosphere and kind of what it was like covering the day at Cleveland.com slash Browns. Uh, we all have stories up there. Uh, Mary Kay has a bunch. Iree's uh, got stuff going up. I've got some stories up, so just go and check all of that out for full coverage of the day. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, of course, become a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Browns 27-13 to 13 winners over the Houston Texans in Houston. They play Cincinnati next week. Uh, for Mary Kay, Ashley, and Irie, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.